just so not scary. I don't know what is wrong with me. I feel like we're doing nothing but like triggering you in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's very easy. This is a mistake. Gosh, I I don't have AC in my van. I'm already just like, oh, all right, the summer's no. gonna be brutal. Yeah, I didn't. I I just got given a twenty-year-old Dodge Caravan. Nice. <laughs> nice. Someone sold it to me for a dollar. So, uh, yeah, it's amazing for hauling paintings and stuff, but mm. it does not have AC, mm. and it has the manual like roll-down window thing. Yeah. So yeah, today was one of those days where I was like, dry all like, all I did was drive around town, and I was just like. <laughs> ornery oh, <laughs> oh my gosh today i was so frustrated with the sun because i was sitting in my driver's seat it's like the like the seats that are like cushioning it just retains so much mm-hmm. heat right. and the um sun was shining in the window onto my black pants and it was just mm. in a terrible anytime i got to a red light i would just put it in park and i would scoot over like to, <laughs> to the passenger seat <laughs> like scooting away from the sun that's like, the worst when you're like on a road trip or something and the sun's just beating like you can't do anything about I it i was like i can't be mad at anyone right now but mm-hmm. i'm so mad <laughs> i'm so hot <laughs> there have been times i'm so pale that i have gotten like i'm pretty sure i got sunburned like in the car in the car just because <laughs> like i'm just sitting there for yeah. so long and i'm like i need to like cover my skin <laughs> seriously that's how it felt today oh it's only april I know, exactly. it's only beginning. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> it's so tame so still. <laughs> what's your What's your normal day? Um, so, oh, do I have to admit what my normal day is? <laughs> this yeah. is pretty totally chill. Like. Um, yeah, so my normal day is waking up and like taking my time in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I use all my roommates. I live with three other girls and all my roommates get up and go to work. And so I just, yeah. Um, I just usually make breakfast, make tea, and sit in my room, which is, like, my haven, my, like, a blissful little place for me. I'll just sit there for sometimes two hours before I get up and start thinking about going to the studio, sometimes three. So, yeah, sometimes I feel kind of (laughs) about admitting that because it's, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think in general, being a full-time artist, it's, like, um, there's this odd amount of guilt or yeah. something attached to it. So sometimes I do feel weird being like, yeah, just <laughs> when everybody like gets up and gets out the door every single morning by eight o'clock, I'm just like taking mm-hmm. my time. But I do yeah. the same thing. But I think that when you're in like a creative profession, it's almost a necessity because mm-hmm. if you're like, I need to be there by eight o'clock and I need to start doing this or yeah. whatever, then I don't feel like what you produce is going to be quite as like fluid right. because then you're trying to force it and trying to create a structure around it. Yeah. But it probably, I mean, I do this, I'll get there later in the day, but I'll probably stay way later at night than I exactly. need to. So you're still working the same amount of hours or mm-hmm. you're at work, quote unquote, for mm-hmm. the same amount of hours as anyone else. It's just, it's off and you might go on the weekends or you might, yeah, exactly. Like, it all kind of balances out, but yeah. I think that, like, for me, I know myself, and I know I'm not a morning person, Mm -hmm. so I'm not going to really be able to get anything done anyway, and I'm going to be irritated because I'm not still in bed or taking my time getting ready, Yeah, 
and then I don't actually want to do anything that I'm not productive. Right. And I think it's just, you find your niche. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. And if you have a job that has like strict hours, then you kind of conform your life to that. But a lot of times it's not as emotion based as the career path that you've chosen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I have to, I have to remind myself that these are the, this is the type of structure that you longed for when you were at your old job, Mary Grace, like just let it happen. Just let it happen because, Mm -hmm. and also I don't have to answer to anyone. (laughs) I don't have a boss. I don't have, you know, which is a blessing and a curse sometimes, but, um, yeah. So it's like, it's not like there's somebody at the end of the day that I have to, (laughs) I don't know, report to like, this is every, and even if I did, there's like you were saying, there's no shame in knowing yourself and like Mm -hmm. actually fueling yourself to work in the way that you know that you need. I completely get it. I feel like that is, I don't know. I think that's really cool that you've recognized that about yourself and that it's, I mean, it's a part of your process. Like it's, it's a necessity for you. And Mm -hmm. I think that not just for your art, but for you as a person, like it sounds like it's a necessity for you to have that time of like quietness, aloneness to kind of, like you said, center yourself and gather your thoughts and figure out what you need to do. Cause I am that way as well, but I typically do it at the end of the day, reflecting on the day and then reflecting into the next. Cool. Yeah. And like, I think that that's why I stay up so late. It's just because I need time to decompress and then mm-hmm. prepare for what's to come. Right. And I have, I do, I need that time. Like it doesn't matter how late I stay out or what I do. Like I still have at least an hour before I go to sleep when I get home. And wow. it's not just like laying in bed, like go to sleep, go to sleep. It's like, I can't physically even feel like I can sit and rest mm-hmm. until I've kind of just purged my mind yeah well I want to know a little bit about like what kind of inspires your work because I've seen like following you over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. there's been several I feel like there's been a transition kind of in what you're doing now to what you were doing it all obviously feels the same it has the same nature to it but um and just with anything like it kind of art reflects your life and so I'm sure just changes in your life have changed a lot of the ways that you do things or and it's not even drastic but very long question (laughs) kind of inspiration wise like what what do you see that inspires you and kind of prompts Mm. your work or how do you get into like that mental state yeah I would say most of my work or I'm yeah most of my work is emotionally driven Mm -hmm. it's very uh you know I aim to be expressive with my work emotionally expressive and um as a lot of artists do (laughs) but uh yeah I think that that is important to me that feeling like I was saying earlier kind of feeling in touch with myself um not just arbitrarily like slapping color around, which I mean, can, yeah, there's a time and a place for that too. But as far as the stuff that I'm the proudest of, I, I usually try to kind of get in a, uh, I don't know if it's getting a certain headspace or kind of be 
as present as I can to a certain feeling or an experience and then put that on canvas um and yeah so or respond to what I'm feeling Mm -hmm. onto canvas um so yeah I would say that my work has kind of shifted through the years like you're saying like there's been some um like it looks a little bit different now Mm -hmm. than it did a couple years ago whatever but um but there's still kind of the same um aim is to capture a feeling and you're still responding to an emotion it's just kind of being interpreted in a different way yeah yeah that's cool have there been pieces that you've seen that aren't yours that you have super strong emotional connections to yes yeah yeah absolutely i was looking at some work today and i was like damn okay (laughs) you know it, it i looked at this person's work earlier this morning and it actually kind of, it felt like it woke me up. Like yeah. it, was, it wow. was very, um, I don't know, there's just an energy behind it and a spirit to it. I feel like that person is able to, uh, I think what she's really good at, it is like, uh, she does not post just to post. Because mm-hmm. this is like her Instagram that I was looking yeah. at. She doesn't post just to post. She like, is somehow I feel like she has cracked some code. <laughs> She's just yeah. in touch and she can put something real out. It just feels real almost every mm-hmm. time she puts something out there, um, which I admire a lot and I aim to do. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a lot of work that's made that is, you know, there's a pressure to produce, especially mm-hmm. if you're a full-time artist. Mm-hmm. And as far as marketing yourself goes, there's a pressure to constantly have a presence, you know, on social media or wherever. And so a lot of times, you know, the work can get diluted because you're just like, I just got to put some out there. And I think people, the audience can always tell when that's happening. Yeah. yeah. How was the the transition to a full-time artist? Was it like... I doubt it was just crystal clear, like, okay, I got to do it today. Right. But what was that path like? I remember when I first did it, it's been three years now. So it was February 1st of 2016 that I went full time. And I remember multiple people telling me that I was brave to do it. And it didn't feel, it didn't feel like a leap of faith at all. It was just very much, I was very, um, I had just done my time at Mm -hmm. the place I was at before and I was getting to a place where I was really unhappy. So it kind of, (laughs) and I had been making art on the side for Mm -hmm. years and I had been, had just begun to have some momentum with selling my work at that point. Yeah. So it wasn't like I'd never sold a piece before and then I just went for it. It was like, okay, I kind of had a feeling that I might, I might be okay. And so I just, you know, put a, I think I gave a month notice to my other job. And um, and then when I started full time, it was definitely, the contrast was insane. But I remember as far as how much free time I had mm-hmm. and I definitely had to get in my skin with like how to right. fill my days and how to structure my days or whatever. But I do remember the very first day, because uh, I had my last day, it was kind of just dramatic. I had my last day at my old job on a Sunday because the last 
thing I worked at my old job was an event. And so it ran mm-hmm. through the weekend and it ended at like 10 p.m. on a Sunday. And then I woke up that Monday morning and I was free. Like I was a freelance artist and I was so, and so it was, um, yeah, I didn't even have like a, (laughs) you know, like a weekend buffer or anything. It was just like, boom. And I woke up that Monday morning and I put on whatever I wanted to wear and, uh, went to my studio, the building that my studio is in. And I walked up onto the second floor where there's a gallery and I kind of started helping this group of people that was hanging a show. I kind of helped, you know, with pointing out where I thought certain pieces should go and whatever. So it was kind of just working on hanging this this art show. Mm-hmm. And I remember just wearing these, like, dirty sandals and these jeans with holes in them. I just felt, like, physically what I was wearing, I felt so in my skin. And I was walking mm-hmm. around that gallery and I just like had tears like running down my face. I was like, the, it was just powerful. I was like, yeah. I am finally in my skin. If this yeah. is what, this is my job. And I get to go upstairs to my studio and then now create. It was just, yeah, I had, it was such a contrast to where I had been. Cause it, where I had been before was just, you know, eight to five. I had a cubicle and I was at a desk and you know, it was just not a fit yeah. <laughs> for me. <laughs> not at yeah. all. And like that, you're saying that stark contrast is, I mean, knowing you were in a cubicle to now like your studio and being able to be free, it's, Mm -hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. And that's when I go back to what I was saying earlier, which is like, just embrace the non-structuredness of your days. Mary Grace, don't be hard on yourself. Don't be ashamed of it. Just Mm -hmm. embrace it. Cause like, this is so much more of a fit for you. And yeah, there's an artist that I really love who did an interview one time a few years ago and she said it's my job to experience the world and then report back Mm -hmm. it's my job to feel fiercely and it's my job to be present and when she said that I was like Mm -hmm. you know I cried because the fact that she said it's her job before all of those things and then I specifically have felt from her work and everything that she puts out you know, I've felt, um, empowered by her work. I've felt like I truly physically had courage inside of me to do something that I was scared to do before Mm -hmm. because of something, you know, because of a song that she put out and what it made me, you know? So yeah, I think that actually, that little quote from her interview has become something that I tell myself when I need to center myself and think like, okay, what do I want to make or what am I doing here? Um, yeah, that's that I kind of rethink through that quote all the time. And it kind of puts me in, in the place that I at least personally want to be. That's yeah. the place that I personally want to create out of. I know that there are so many different ways to, to approach art. Yeah, I like that a lot. Have you, um, like, have you always done art? Like, have you always painted? I mean, I feel like that's just like such a, (laughs) I'm spreading my arms out really wide right now. (laughs) You're holding a piece of art. (laughs) I feel like that's such a like vanilla question, but like, when did you start creating? When did you know, like you were going to kind of take this path? Cause obviously like you went to college for a bit and then you Mm -hmm. got a job. So you tried a different direction. Well, I grew up, I was a dancer and Mm -hmm. I just, I did it kind of 
it kind of consumed all of my free time, the um, amount that I was, you know, I trained in classical ballet and so it was kind of rigid and consuming and it was, you know, we had classes every single afternoon and rehearsals on the weekends and um, so that to me, I don't even know though that I viewed it like expression at that point. It was just kind of what I did and I wanted to be good at it, but I didn't. And I worked really hard at it and I loved it, but Mm -hmm. I didn't, I definitely didn't feel that dance was expressive for me until long after I left, you know, I stopped dancing at the end of high school and, um, yeah. So I say all that to say that that even that wasn't even expression for me at that point but I still it took up all this time it I, yeah I didn't even dabble in other creative mm. things until I guess I I guess actually I've always journaled mm-hmm. that's been that's a huge part of my life and um yeah so that would be a form of kind of expression for me but yeah not not visual art at mm. all and then when I Let's see. So I graduated high school and I went to Sanford and still at that point, like I said, I was undeclared the whole time I was there. I still didn't even know. I didn't even think to declare fine arts or anything like that because I just didn't have myself in that. I just felt like I was floating while I was there and kind of directionless. Um, So it was still after I, I left Sanford and I was just working at Urban Standard and that was all I was doing with my time. Um, it was in that season where I finally, I had a lot of free time and I, my brother grew up taking art classes and so he had art supplies in his room. So I just, yeah, I just got his paints and started playing with them one afternoon. And because I wasn't technically trained at all, it was just like, it was just playing with color Mm -hmm. and it was one of those things. It was just, you know, on my the carpet bedroom floor. And I remember one of the first paintings I made that for some reason, it's still one of my favorite paintings. It's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. I have it in my bedroom at home right now. It's, but yeah, when I was making that piece, I felt really connected to the process and I felt proud of it, but I didn't yeah. know what I was doing yet, but I still felt like, yeah. And so that's how I started actually painting. And then I continued to do that in my bedroom for a few years and we'd give paintings as gifts. And it was all about the encouragement from people at mm-hmm. that point that kind mm-hmm. of kept me going. Cause I didn't know if I was, if what I was doing, yeah, you know, was any good or mattered. And then when I eventually got a studio space that kind of helped me wake up and take it more seriously and and that was probably about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. So I feel like every single step like along the way is just like another confirmation of like you're you're doing what you were created to do. Yeah. You know, like that first time that you picked up the paint and you still have that painting. Because yeah. I, when I look at some of the first stuff I did, I'm like, oh, I tried really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's about all that I have. Yeah. I'm like, I'm glad that I kept going and didn't stop there. Yeah. But just the fact that it has just this really sweet place and not to say that old stuff of mine doesn't, but I'm glad that it has that sweet place in your heart where you're like this, it's still one of your favorite pieces and you continued on after that. And then yeah. like your studio space, you're like, I'm, I'm like another step in the direction of like what I need to do. Right. And 
that's, I don't know. I think that that's really encouraging just because you, you listen to that internal voice inside you. And I think it was a lot of credit to the people that were so encouraging too. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know, you know, you doubt yourself so much, especially when you're first beginning mm-hmm. to dabble in something and yeah, to have even just one or two people look at you and be like, that's beautiful. Or that yeah. made me feel something. Um, or just look at something you made and say, I think you can do it. You know, yeah. I remember sitting in, um, Oh, Henry's and Homewood and which I used to post up there all the time. And when I was in high school and, uh, I remember flipping through, I think it was a blog cause there wasn't, e- I don't even know if social media, I mean, Facebook was a thing, but not Instagram yet. Anyway, I somehow was on this girl's blog that I just was so overwhelmed. I was like frustrated and inspired, but frustrated <laughs> with looking mm-hmm. at her life. Cause it was like everything she touched was just, I don't know. It was just everything she touched was art, you know, mm-hmm. to me or everything she did was her whole life just flowed and it was just art and her journals. I remember she would post pictures of her journals and they were just, and I was like, I, you know, my immediate thought was, that's not me. I love mm-hmm. this so much, but like, I can't do that. That's not, yeah. or I can't make something that moves somebody that much or I can't make something that beautiful. I don't know how to do what she did, what I'm mm-hmm. looking at on the screen right now. So I can't do it. But, um, yeah, <laughs> they have all those cheesy mugs and magnets at O'Henry's, you know, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you know what yeah. I'm talking about, but there was a little magnet that was right next to, right next to me. And I, I remember calling my mom and just telling her how inspired I was by this girl. And, and anyway, the magnet said, you know, that quote that's very common and cliche and I'm going to butcher it, but it's, um, something like a journey of a thousand miles start begins with one step or something like that. Uh And for some reason it just like hit me in the face and I was like, I don't know. I was just truly encouraged by that. And cause it was right. You know, the timing of seeing that right when I was kind of like, I want to be this, I want to do that. Um, So, yeah, it was just little, you know, nuggets of things along the way. And then people that were so, like Ashley Wingo had the studio space that I ended up moving into and Mm. how welcoming she was. Like, I remember her giving me the key because she was, she had already been through art school and she had a studio, another studio of her own. And she was just like so inspiring to me at that point. And she just took the key off her key ring and was like, here you can go up there whenever you want because it was her studio space at that point and I was just like oh my gosh like she wasn't territorial about it at all yeah. she was just so open and inviting and you know things like that are what made a difference for me um and and then the lady that owns the building the way that she you know when I moved into her building I was blown away by how much she cared and how welcoming and encouraging she was. Cause I'm like, you've had so many, you know, <laughs> so many people come through this building, so many artists. And I was just, you know, another one, but she, I remember like the first week I was there, she came up and she just was so invested in helping me arrange my space and, you know, would walk outside into the hallway with me and then come back in and be like, let's look at it. Let's look at it from this angle. How do you Mm. feel? Does it feel good? You know, and just feeling like people cared that much and it, uh, yeah, 
So I don't, and to this day, I don't think that I could keep going without the support and encouragement from people. Yeah. Let's talk mistakes. When I, okay. When I went to Europe two summers ago, I went for 10 weeks and I went by myself and I, there were, there wasn't like one colossal mistake or anything, but there were like a lot of little things, (laughs) (laughs) little tiny things. Uh, starting with how I bought the ticket for my trip and it was a round trip ticket to Florence because yeah, I just figured at the end of my time I would just go back to Florence and fly home and it was so cheap. It was like $180 and I was pumped. Yeah, it was, yeah. And so I called my dad and told him and he was like, he was like, if they're $180, get me one right now. And I was like, no, 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 Dad, please. <laughs> this is the whole point is that I'm flying far, far away from home. Anyway, found out if, like 30 minutes later, it was I had bought tickets to Florence, South Carolina. So oh. I had to. That was like $180. <laughs> yeah. It was more like 600 to get to Italy. But still, still, still not, not bad, bad at all. Yeah. No, it really wasn't. So, yeah, I, what, there was one other time that I was in Italy and, um, no, the same trip, but there was, I was, (laughs) I'm trying to figure out, like, these are all, like, tiny, dumb, little, stupid (laughs) things. There's just, whatever, things that happened Mm -hmm. on that trip, but this one's kind of boring, but it really affected my trip, and I get really bad mouth ulcers, and they can, like, fill my mouth if Mm. I don't use the right toothpaste and have the right mouthwash and Mm -hmm. just take care of my mouth every day um and so yeah I was determined to just use one little bitty carry-on for my whole 10 weeks and so I just packed everything in this tiny carry-on and my tooth like special toothpaste that keeps me from getting like Mm. yeah Tons of ulcers got thrown away at airport security. And then, yeah, I got to Italy and it started, you know, like day one. And I was like, oh, here they come. And then it got to the point that I I literally couldn't talk. I remember being in class and people asked me questions and I was like, "Mm." I just (laughs) somebody asked to interview me that day, like because they had someone come into our classroom to do some marketing for the website and yeah I like literally I had tears in my eyes like my eyes would just water because my mouth hurt so bad it was horrible my mom eventually sent me my special toothpaste (laughs) (laughs) but I mean I also could have helped myself out a little more by not drinking so much wine anything like acidic right but at the same time yeah Italy and it's so I was in Italy and I did not even (laughs) think for a second about not drinking wine because yeah, of my ulcers, no. so I would just bathe my ulcers in wine. Every night. <laughs> um, As you should. <laughs> but then I would just I would drink wine every night, and they would fill my ulcers and make them so much worse. And oh. I would just wake up in the morning, and I packed a backpack every day because like my apartment there was probably a thirty minute walk from like the middle of Florence and where my class was. Um, so I would just pack this water bottle of hot salt water and just keep it in there so that I could take breaks on my walk or like go into a restaurant bathroom and like gargle salt water and my eyes would just be like watering because my mouth was was, was awful um they were yeah they were the worst I've ever had but yeah there was this one day that on my lunch break 
because our class was set up where we would go in the morning, we'd have a lunch break and then go back in the afternoon. One of my lunch breaks I went and I just remember feeling, I walked so much there. I was just starving at this mm-hmm. point and I also have low iron. And so I remember seeing on the menu, like something about a steak and I just knew I needed, I needed like my body was just like, yes, please. I need that. And, um, so I ordered it and they delivered it and it was like, it was literally, I'm not, I mean, I don't know how, is that a foot foot and a half? (laughs) (laughs) The steak didn't eat it like, yeah, it more than filled the plate. It was like falling (laughs) off the edges of the plate and it was just steak. There's nothing else. And yeah, it was just one of those moments I wanted to, I just want to be like, please, that wasn't mine. <laughs> Take that away. <laughs> I wanted to crawl under the table. I'm an um, American. I'm I sorry. <laughs> so embarrassed. And of course, I barely made a dent in it. I have a problem, too, with my eyes being bigger than my stomach. And so, I yeah, that's always a problem. always have to take food to go. But I also, yeah, he came, and I didn't have enough money to even pay for it because oh. it was like $60. Jeez. And oh I didn't, I mean, I didn't, and they didn't take cards, so I didn't have enough cash, and so it turned into this thing where he, and the guy didn't speak even a lick of English, which was weird mm. because in Florence, uh, most it's people so did. so touristy. Yeah, but he didn't, no, he, and maybe he was fake, and I, I don't yeah, know, yeah. but probably just pissed at you he was he like acted so sweet and had kind eyes and was kind of laughing a lot but I was like (laughs) yeah he wouldn't let me leave without paying and I kind of was like I don't know what to do so he ended up kind of motioning let me keep your let me keep your stuff like your backpack and your sweater and stuff as leverage I guess Uh (laughs) until you you got more money yeah and then yeah I just ended up going back to class and my classmate who was this 60 year old British dude who was hilarious um, he just gave me 60 euro to go pay for this dang steak. I <laughs> ate off of it for the next week. But your body was happy with all that. <laughs> yeah. Did you travel around? Like, did you leave Florence? Yes. Any? So I was in Florence for six weeks and then I went to Paris or France. I just was like all around France mm-hmm. for, um, nine days after that. And I saw my sister and my mom there cause they had come over for a class trip. Um, and maybe that was like a mini mistake. <laughs> I, uh, just not, you know, Abigail, if Abigail's listening, my sister. Uh, the mistake was not seeing her, but just like, gosh, um, she was on this high school tour bus mm-hmm. thing. Ew. Uh, yeah yeah just what you needed like right after being away from everything familiar for so long and it was just like six weeks of just total independence and then next thing I know I'm on this bus of just like 30 it was so many probably yeah like probably 30 high schoolers and their parents and and then the way that they traveled around the country was just so sad to me it was just yeah it was just depressing we would go to locations and there would be this you know the tour guide like screaming information about the thing up at the front and you couldn't hear it Mm -hmm. and then you were it was time to leave and then you know anyway it's just like you're shuffled around yeah that's just not how I like to do it but um yeah so then I was in France for nine days and then went to Spain for ten and so I was in Madrid and then Barcelona and oh and then I went to Switzerland after that wow yeah it was sad because by the time I got to Switzerland I was sick 
I just, yeah, so I just, I stayed in this um, family's basement who I'd never met before. It was kind of like (laughs) a friend of a friend of a friend thing. And they were really kind. I just emailed them and asked if I could, told them who I knew. And um, they were like, sure, and gave me the address. So I just got, I was sick in Barcelona, like Mm. tossing and turning on the bed, just like fever. And for some reason, I still just got up and went, like flew to Switzerland. I don't know. Yeah why I didn't just postpone that but um went there and then went straight to the bed (laughs) in the basement it was just like this it was like a cold dark windowless (laughs) basement and that's that was Switzerland for me for like three days wow yeah and then eventually I started to be able to like be a person again and I yeah, I took the bus into town and I was finally just like at the world alone again. Mm-hmm. I was so mm-hmm. excited and um and then I started to take a bus back to the family's house and I thought I had it just like in the bag. I was like, Oh yeah, I get on bus A and it'll drop me off at this street and then I walk over a block and then boom, I'm back at the family's house. And so I got I remember I was at the bus stop. I was totally confident. And this guy, well, starting off, I just jumped on the bus. And this guy who was really sweet, I don't know where he was from, but he was kind of like, you can't do that. I don't know why he was tuned in to the fact that, but I had not, all bus systems in every country and are so different. You think you have it figured out and it's just different and a different, yeah. So he was really sweet and was like, you need to follow me. You need to actually get your ticket over here. So I followed him across the street. He helped me get a ticket, whatever. And then I'm on the bus and I'm just camped out, you know, have like my whole like station (laughs) set up. I have like my drink and my sweater and my journal out and I'm just like camped out, you know, knew that I had like 30 minutes till my stop and a couple minutes in the, that same guy stood up and he was like, I'm sorry. And he just like yelled at me from the back of the bus and was like, where are you going? And I told him and he said, I'm so sorry. You need to get off right now. And he's like, this is not your bus. And I was like, oh, dang. And I was uh. kind of, you know, and so he said something like, you need to da 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 Clearly, I don't remember what he told me, <laughs> yeah. but he was, and I was like, okay, thank you so much. Had my backpack, jumped off and it was pitch black. Like it was, mm. yeah, it was probably 11 o'clock at night at this point. And so I was just in the moment of him saying, t- telling me all this directions, I was just like, I just need to get off this bus. Yeah. I was not listening to what he said. So I jumped off the bus, just went off into the night and I'm standing there in the middle of the street and it's just pitch black. And I was like, truly could not remember anything the guy said about uh. where to go. Um, and so I just kind of started walking down this side street and I was like I was like "Eh, I'm looking for bus I'm looking for some type of bus stop and I'm looking for it to say a and so that's all I knew and every and I just can't explain like how dark it was there were no street lights there was nothing like it was definitely seemed neighborhoody like people's houses but just every single light was off and so I was kind of and I had the light on my phone but then my phone was on like one percent of course always was yeah so I was just like, I am just walking into this dark abyss down the street and my phone's on 1% and I have no service even with the 1% to like yeah. get my maps to work. So I was just like, I'm just going to keep walking until I see light. And I, <laughs> yeah, 
I kind of like could faintly hear the sound of what seemed like people playing basketball on a basketball Mm -hmm. court. And I was like, okay, there's a sign of life. Like the worst case, I'll just follow the sounds to the basketball players. (laughs) And like, (laughs) I could just, I was like envisioning just like being on the other side of the fence of this basketball court and just being like, do you guys have a charger or like any, you know, and I was just, I just kind of loved it. I'm like, I would love to do that. I'm totally, I was like, I got a great backup plan. And then, yeah. So I just kept walking in the black abyss, the still, like so still the whole, like the air and everything. It was just so calm. That's Switzerland. It's just like Mm. so calm and just kept walking down that street for like 10 plus minutes and kind of like smirking to myself, like kind of loving it, kind of loving how Mm. ridiculous it was that I was in the middle of nowhere Switzerland with <laughs> no light or phone um but eventually saw this little like bus stop area anyway I sat there for like 10 minutes the bus finally came got on the bus rode until it was just like waiting for my stop and again was just camped out journaling like mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. own zone and then the bus stops and he like puts it in park and he like pulls out a paper and the bus driver and mm-hmm. he just he starts and then I turn around and realize I'm the only one left on the bus. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, sh- I, <laughs> I guess this was also the wrong bus. So yeah. I ran up to the front and I, he didn't speak any English. And I like tried to tell him where I was supposed to go. And he, he didn't understand anything. So he just called out into the street. To me, it was like a little bizarre because we were, it was midnight at this point And there was no one around and he was just like the bus was parked the route was over and um yeah he just like called out the window and this blonde lady just came like (laughs) (laughs) skipping around the corner and jumped up onto the bus and she spoke pretty broken english but she i think was an angel because she was just very comforting because i was kind of starting to get worked up and and then she's like you'll be okay this is the definitely the wrong bus and whatever (laughs) Eventually, the guy dropped me off at my stop, and at this point, it's like 12.30 in the morning, and when he dropped me off and pulled off into the abyss again, I'm like standing there, (laughs) and nothing around me looks familiar, like nothing, but it turned out I was just on like, I was just turned around, but the house was just like one block away. Anyway, so I was fine, Um, but (laughs) that was the Switzerland in a nutshell sick and getting lost on a bus yeah <laughs> traveling in other countries is so confusing and know, you're right every really single is. different country is their transportation system is so drastically different it is yeah and you think you get all confident and used to one because that's how i got in florence yeah. i was like i had the bus system down but it's totally different everywhere <laughs> i was thinking like okay if there's a mistake that I think I've made, but I didn't even realize I was making it. And it would be kind of allowing people, um, I'm trying to figure out how to say it, but basically like allowing people's expectations of me to completely dictate what I do, like the choices I make and Mm -hmm. the, um, because I, I grew up in such a tight knit family and a tight knit community. And I definitely felt even without realizing it, that like people's expectations, I felt them on me, mm-hmm. like what they were expecting me to do with my life and the kind of choices they were 
expecting me to make. And I kind of, you know, I had a certain role in my community and family. And um, I was one of like the, you know, I'm the oldest girl in my family. And um, yeah, so I think that that in general is just something that I'm like trying to break away from is is realizing how affected I am by people's expectations of me and um, realizing how much, yeah, just basically how much of a disservice I'm doing myself and the world when I, when I don't explore what I actually feel compelled to explore. And, um, as opposed to just keeping, keeping the peace, you know, and not, yeah. So that's been, that's been like a big one for in the past, you know, in the past like a year and a half is kind of feeling like, okay, I'm going to, everything's going to be okay. Like, even if a lot of people's like feathers are ruffled and they are, you know, even distance themselves from me or are genuinely confused (laughs) by me. Like, I'm just like, I'm trying to think how to word it, but, uh, even when you're ruffling feathers or making people uncomfortable and they don't feel so cozy anymore because of what you're doing. Yeah. They might not realize it then or for a long time, but that, ultimately when someone is doing what they feel compelled in their inner person to do, or they feel compelled, you know, that like it is ultimately better for everyone and everyone that watches it, everyone that is near you when you're doing that, like, because otherwise we're just fulfilling expectations and kind of maybe just being a bunch of little clones of each other. And so that everybody stays comfy and, uh, I don't think it was like a, yeah, I think that's something I've just grown into and maybe was a mistake that I didn't even realize I was making for some matter of time. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Being, I don't know your specific situation, but yeah, feeling controlled and feeling somewhat molded mm-hmm. by someone else is not the best feeling and it's yeah. not conducive to being your best self. Right. For yourself and others. Yeah. 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 I think it's just about having confidence in your path and like the path that you're choosing. And I mean, not all of us know that every choice we're making is going to be a great one or like the quote right thing to do. I don't even know. Yeah. But just confidence so I guess it's like confidence in your path because it's like confidence that when you're following um something inside of you that there's it's in you for a reason and that it's worth following and yeah that's something that um that's something that back to art making that I tell myself a lot is just and I tell other people is follow your curiosities because sometimes we don't know, especially when we are kind of molded or kind of in like a certain bubble for a certain amount of time. I don't know, a certain environment that like you don't really know what you want for yourself or your life. You don't know what kind of art you want to make. You don't know who you are yet. And so, yeah, I say that a lot. It just like even the tiniest, um, spark of a thing or it, it, it cannot even it doesn't even have to feel like a spark it can just feel like right. 
literally just a curiosity inside of you that I, I'm just a firm believer in following those because yeah. that's where you actually, and cause it can feel so small and feel like this like passing little wind, you know, yeah. it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not going to feel profound or feel even like it fits you at first. But right. that's why I'm just like, yeah, if, if the tiniest part of you comes alive, listening to something or watching something or seeing that color or, um, meeting that person trust that you know you you just woke up and you just became more alive for a reason and Mm -hmm. that's worth following that'll take you somewhere good because that's it's authentically in you yeah and it's it might not make a ton of sense right away or it might not make a ton of sense for years but i think that's where we end up getting in touch and figuring out who we are and what we want is if we just trust and listen to like the smallest little, you know, whispers or things that make us come alive. So, and just following them, whatever that looks like. Right. And I think not saying this directly to you, but I think just having the opportunity to learn and grow and sometimes even fail, but all on your own, Mm -hmm. like you doing, following your inklings and your, I don't know, whatever is driving you. I think Mm -hmm. that, I don't know, that can be such a huge driving force. Right. Realizing that you, you can dictate what you do. Right. And that is the best dictation. Yeah. And it's not always going to be the guidance to like what's next for you. And is not going to always be written in the sky. It's probably never going to be written in the sky. It's It's usually going to come from, Yeah from trusting those little parts of you that are curious about certain things and just following them. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Mary Grace, do you have any plugs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> plugs. <laughs> I mean, where I post, you know, a lot of my work and stuff that's available and my process and all that is on my Instagram. So, which is Mary Grace Waltzky, my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. You also have a website. Yes. My website is marygracestudio.com. Yeah. Honestly, Instagram's usually the better place to go for my most recent work. I'm trying to get better at updating my website, but <laughs> I'm not good at that stuff. Thank you for being on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. 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 This is a mistake. Just like bumped it. <laughs> Thought you were just waving at me. This is a mistake. <laughs> Cannot believe we just went there. <laughs> but that Give cannot. Give it to Josh. <laughs> <laughs> He'll throw some curveballs. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>